1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. We're going to do a, a quicker top five at five and actually maybe some good story, bad story as well here because uh, i got a guest waiting on us um, that I will be talking to in just a little bit. Uh, but first, let's get to the top five at five, intro included. It's time for the top five at five on the Craig Collins Show. All right, top five at five. The first story is a lot of places. Uh, and it's just kind of quick, and I was talking about it a little bit earlier on in the show. A Canadian wildfire smoke is disrupting air travel throughout the United States. It's also creating a lot of uh, really crazy photos uh, and videos out of places like New York, where you got a crazy orange sky, and people are saying that the air quality is real, real bad. Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration said Thursday morning that it has delayed all flights bound for New Jersey's Newark Liberty Airport, as well as uh, JFK and LaGuardia in New York. Uh, the agency warned that delays were also possible in North Carolina, in Texas, in Philly, in um, several other places uh, because of the uh, Flight Aware's misery map, which shows that there's a, a lot of uh, unique challenges, even just um, visual challenges uh, based on what's going on in the sky. This is weird, uh, the thing going on as far as those uh, wildfires and how they're impacting us uh, here. Uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has a brand new idea for a 28th Amendment, uh, which definitely sounds like he's basically trying to run for uh, president at this point. Uh, I am sort of surprised that Democrats are are not fighting harder against President Biden as far as just straight up running against him, um, because it does not seem like Biden is someone that's going to be an easy win against. And I said this the other day, and I'll say it again against anybody. I don't actually care if it's uh, – well, I, I do for other reasons, but for this reason, I don't actually care if it's Trump or DeSantis or literally anyone from the Republican Party who rose up, uh, whether that would be a, a Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, somebody, uh, to compete against Biden in a presidential election. There are a lot of reasons that a lot of people who voted for Biden would be unlikely to vote for him again. And does that mean that all those people wind up voting for the Republican candidate? Of course not. But voting for some other candidate would be effectively the same and should allow a Republican candidate to win a presidential election. And so I'm not I'm not saying that Gavin Newsom is a good candidate for president. And I'm definitely not going to say that his 28th Amendment idea is a good idea. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that you don't just have a more all out war uh, going on in the Democratic side of the aisle right now on the Republican side of the aisle, at least in the House. Uh, you have a version of what would be called all-out war in the way that a, a small group of Republicans are trying to push back against the Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin McCarthy, for some of the decisions he's made, uh, the debt uh, limit decision and the budget decision being one of them. And they are wielding their power fairly effectively in order to try to influence the entirety of the Republican Party, at least in the House. Uh, you would assume the same would be going on for Democrats, uh, but it's not. And I think that's going to be a huge reason why uh, right now, no matter what the campaign is of the Republican politician, as long as by the time they get to the the moment where they're, they're running against Biden, they just highlight all the different things that have not been great over the last few years. It should be this should be easy. Uh, in all honesty, uh, I was actually telling a friend of mine that the other night that even like young people who overwhelmingly voted Democratic in 2022, uh, the youngest generation, the Gen Z generation, uh, can't possibly be. Well, maybe they can. I uh, can't possibly be unaware of all the different things that are not going well for you in your everyday life uh, that were better before. All right. Other stuff out there that I thought was interesting. Uh, well, Gavin Newsom. Oh, I didn't even say that, that this is top five at five. The 28th Amendment idea is all restrictions to guns. 
uh, restrictions on different ammunition sales uh, and other things, uh, ownership of, of guns. Uh, screw uh, changing the Second Amendment, apparently, is Governor Newsom's idea. Let's just throw a whole new amendment in there uh, that makes a lot of uh, rules and things that are not in place right now into law. Um, it's something that would be heavily, heavily politically backed by Democrats and opposed by conservatives. It's essentially a stunt as far as an idea. It's not something that I think anyone's actually going to do. Uh, but it is interesting because it's uh, talking about an issue the way that, say, a a uh, nationwide leader would talk about it and not a, a leader of one state. I would talk because they have a bunch of very, very strong gun laws uh, in California, and it doesn't seem to do them a lot of good. Uh, Tucker Carlson uh, did very well in his video that he put up on Twitter. It's got over 100 million uh, views. Uh, I will say this. Um, the view uh, metric, um, metric is different than what it used to be. Uh, it means that people saw the tweet, maybe didn't necessarily watch the video, uh, but it's kind of funny. Because the old metric that also used to display, you only had to watch two seconds of the video, and those seconds could be auto-played for the number to be, you know, also captured. So the numbers would probably be fairly similar anyway, uh, if the other number even existed. Uh, but over 100 million is a lot of eyeballs uh, that saw and maybe clicked on and played uh, the first episode of Tucker Carlson's. And even if it's a, a fraction of that amount, it's very likely to be higher than the three three million people. Uh, who used to watch him, three and a half million on Fox. And actually, there's half the audience there used to be there, too. Uh, but now it's gotten so interesting uh, that people that are heads of different organizations are begging Twitter to stop, uh, begging Twitter to shut down Tucker Carlson, including the head of the Anti-Defamation League, uh, which accuses Tucker Carlson of being obviously anti-Semitic. Um, I think a lot of things are going to be lobbed to Tucker Carlson as the amount of success on social media is kind of out there and displayed for everybody to see. Um, and I will be honest, what I think was most interesting is what Elon Musk said. He tweeted uh, the first episode of Tucker Carlson's show, and he said, wouldn't it be great to have other views as well with products like this on my platform? That's the design of the platform from an Elon Musk to have opposing viewpoints and all kinds of things. Uh, Tucker Carlson in his first episode didn't talk about Anything that would be related to the people uh, that are the head of the organization, the Anti-Defamation League, uh, that would be upset with. He didn't he didn't touch on any uh, Jewish specific issues. Uh, so it's interesting that that organization is out and in front of this already, too. Uh, but more so than that, I think from the political standpoint of topics that are talked about, I agree with Elon. It would be great if other people I don't know if they'd be as successful, but if other people were putting out uh, videos as well, because uh, being afraid to hear opinions or being unwilling, maybe afraid's not the right word for some, unwilling to hear opinions are both bad for our society, uh, no matter if you agree or disagree with them. Thinking that people can't have platforms to say stuff uh, is a uniquely different world uh, than what we lived in for a very long time. Other top five stories at 5 o'clock, uh, I referenced it a second ago, uh, but it sounds as though a lot of politicians within the House are sort of surprised at some of the uh, back-and-forth fracturing that's going on uh, for uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and the group of Republican politicians that are standing against uh, some things that they probably would be in support of as far as voting goes to get a seat at the table as far as McCarthy and, and how he will uh, wield the role of Speaker of the House moving forward. Um, behind closed doors, McCarthy is said to be sitting down with some of these Republicans and trying to hash out some of the, the disagreements. Uh, it sounds like some of the Republicans might want things in writing as far as what he will and won't do uh, moving forward. I have to say that even though there's a lot of criticism of the Republican Party right now for this, 
uh, saying, you know, how this is demonstrating how at odds uh, the party is with itself. And actually even funnier that when they passed that debt ceiling and um, the the budget bill, uh, a bunch of Republicans went out and said, see how much unity we have within our party. And then this started happening. I actually think this is the way that the founding fathers sort of envisioned politics to go. I don't think they envisioned a world where we would have rubber stamps on one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle for anything and like hive mind way of thinking. I think they envisioned times where, say, a person with an R in front of their name would disagree with someone else with an R in front of their name and wind up agreeing with someone with a D in front of their name. I feel like that's the world they wanted us to have. So I think it's kind of funny how often there's this this take out there that this is bad when I actually think it might be good politically for all this, um, you know, divide to exist, I, I hope that they find a resolution because uh, you'd want uh, a party that needs its voting power to be used to, to pass agenda things that they want to have accomplished uh, to be back and in unison uh, when voting on stuff. But I don't think it's a bad sign at all. I think it's a good sign, uh, at least for the conservative side of the aisle, for how willing they are to debate each other. Uh, that seems to be good. And that also seems to be what I'm touching on uh, that's missing a lot uh, in the world of, of politics and just social conversations we have with each other. The debate part seems to be uh, gone uh, for a lot of people. All right. One other thing. I'll, that's the rest or that's all of my top whatever that was at five. I'm going to do the good story, bad story real quick. Uh, first, the good story. Uh, I like this story a lot. A 14-year-old teenager in Texas that graduated high school and is headed to the University of Texas in Arlington. Uh, the name of the person is very difficult to say. Um, Ophistenier uh, Bereden. I'm sure that I, I screwed that up. Um, but this uh, this individual is someone who um, has overcome a lot in their life and actually entered high school at the age of 10. Um, it's pretty crazy, and I think maybe there's even some audio to play for it, but 14 years old to be graduating high school and to be headed on to college is is very, very impressive. It's a lot of work. <laughs> because whenever people like ask me, oh, so how is this? Like, Is this so strange for you? Like, Not really. <laughs> it was some traits we saw that was really different. Normally, you would say the sky is the limit. For her, the sky is the beginning. Maybe if I can work in a different country with my degree, that would be nice. And my family has encouraged me. I might not be the best at first, but I can definitely try. I might not be the best at first, but I can definitely try. 14 years old, uh, graduating high school. Very, very impressive. That is the good story. Uh, now it's time for the bad story. Um, I actually talked about this a little bit earlier, but this is my favorite bad story, and then we'll take a break. A man awaiting a trial for stealing a cop car wound up stealing another cop car. The guy is 34 years old. Uh, he is arrested. He's likely to be in a lot of trouble. His name is Daniel. Apparently, the thing he loves most is joyriding in cop cars, and that is a uniquely bad crime, uh, and especially one that's going to be hard for him to defend and his lawyer to defend in that first case when the whole second case is just waiting in the wings after the first one's over. And I think, you know, the amount of video proof, uh, since cops have quite a few cameras on their cruisers. Uh, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the mayor of Peoria Heights, Michael Phelan, is in studio with me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to have you. Um, first, I'll say how we met and how this kind of happened. Uh, both of us were cleaning graves at Springdale uh, Cemetery. Uh, that is something that honored their sacrifice. And a guy named John are very passionate about uh, cleaning the graves of veterans. Uh, he was trying to get them all clean by Memorial Day there. I think they came pretty close to getting that done. Uh, but you and I, I met, we, we chatted about the importance of vets, 
uh, the different things that you guys are doing and that the VFW in Peoria Heights is doing, and we'll get to those a little bit later on in our chat. And then you also plucked a rosary out of your pocket, which I thought was pretty awesome because uh, my wife and I were talking about how we would pray uh, in cemeteries during COVID, and you're like, well, here, you know, I got one. I'm ready to go if you need to go. Uh, so that was kind of um, a cool way to meet you. Why was that an important thing for you to, to throw some support behind? Well, you know, um, in my duties as mayor and as elected official, sometimes we maybe think some of the things we're doing are, are really, really important. Mm-hmm. But that really, um, that really taught me that um, the little things that we do are, are most important. And that's probably one of the most important things I've, I've got to do all year. It was yeah. very peaceful and quiet, but to honor people who have uh, protected our democracy. It was just, it was just a great experience. And uh, the, um, yeah, the experience is what you just said. But the, the way visually I think that it, it's sort of like impressed upon every single person that did it uh, to put the chemicals that they give you onto the grave to kind of make it seem like it's getting a little bit dirtier at first with how you're scrubbing it. And then if you poured water over the top of it, you'd watch everything sort of just fade away and you'd be able to read some of those names for the first time. There was something that was sort of shocking. And as you said, just it's just a little activity. It took uh, 10 minutes to, to clean a grave. Uh, and most of that is just waiting for the chemicals to, to work before you rinse it off. And I don't know, uh, just something about seeing the transformation. I know he's got some videos on Honor Their Sacrifices social media page. It's just, I, I couldn't get over the idea of that coming up to Memorial Day. Uh, that's a great point. Um, I don't know if you experienced it or not, but while that chemical was working and it worked uh, in an amazing way, yeah. um, it allowed um, us to have time to really think about there was you know a, a person underneath um, buried underneath that tombstone, yes. and I, you know I got thinking. Who is this? And you know what was their story? And you know what did they do in the service? So a lot yeah. of contemplation while waiting for that chemical to work. No, amen. And then actually, even some of the things that are on um, the grave itself—if they had a, a cross—that meant they were a Christian. Uh, if they had like—and some of the um, coins were even sort of embedded on the top of the grave, like a penny or a dime or a nickel. It meant certain things about people who had visited it. It was certainly a, a moving experience. And it was cool to see you uh, out there and being a part of it and just sitting on the ground uh, with the misses and cleaning off uh, a graves. Uh, what are some other things, uh, maybe in just a couple minutes, that we could tease uh, that are going on in the Heights? Uh, I don't know if you have any big plans for things this summer, um, but are there are there some things that come to mind as far as uh, things people can expect in Peoria Heights? Well, you know, um, I'm proud that we're a walkable community. We've got a, a terrific downtown that has people on the street uh, morning to night. We've, yeah. Really, the secret of the Heights, I think, is that um, we've been able to attract some of the best family businesses of all aspects and um, so we've got Friday Night Heights going on. That's the first Friday of the month. That attracts a lot of people. Sure. Um, we have Farmer's Market now on Wednesdays, and that attracts a lot of people. A lot of things in Tower Park, everything from a drum circle that um, – Oh, my God. I keep, hearing, there, I keep hearing about how awesome the drum, drum circle is, by the way. Sorry, continue. No, no. Th- so yeah. just a lot of activities, a lot of things going on. Yes. And uh, thanks – the weather is so nice right now. I know. Uh, wasn't there like a hot air balloon ride or something last year that happened during something uh, during one of the events? Uh, there were supposed to be balloon rides during um, uh, during the fall, but I believe those got canceled. Okay. For... We, are we going to get hot air balloons again? Do you know? Is I there hope anything... so. <laughs> I, I think it'd be terrific. They were to take it off great. from the Paps parking lot, but right, yeah, and see the whole just the visual of the heights. Uh, and yeah. I will I will echo what you said, and I know a lot of people uh, who live in our community know this. Uh, but just the amount of restaurants you have in that one that one strip there and how good they all are and how none of them are like a, 
a franchise restaurant you find other places. That's uniquely impressive. I don't know why uh, so many in the community uh, found a you know sort of shared interest in putting so much good food on a uh, you know two block set of spots within the Heights. Yeah, and you know I think success builds on success. A lot of people think, well, you know, you're going to overpopulate with restaurants or bars or music or mm-hmm. art, and those are all part of the culture in in the Heights, but. Um, what I would say is that you're going to walk into any one of those restaurants or businesses. You're going to walk into the candle shop. You're going to walk into Exhibit A. Um, yeah. you, you pick the place, and almost every time you're going to encounter one of the owners. You know, it's, yes. it's They're run by um, a husband or a wife or a family. And so I think um, not only do those people care so much about their business, but they're engaged in the community, so they're active in the village in, in a whole lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they say a lot of good things about how much you guys do to kind of help to, to you know, um, foster um, uh, that amount of success that seems to exist so so easily in that uh, small – I don't know. Like whenever we have family visit from out of town, even when my wife had a family from Mexico visit, we took them to that strip. We started Oliver's in the Heights, and we just kind of like walked down. And I got to say, that's a unique way to say, look, here is um, you know one of the parts of my community and how much can be done in three, four, five hours just hanging out on that one strip of street. Uh, that is impressive, to say the least. All right, uh, hang out uh, for a sec. I want to talk to you more. We're going to bring in our friend uh, from the VFW, uh, Eric, the quartermaster there. And we're also going to talk a little bit about a positive experience you had uh, having a conversation with our governor, uh, Governor Pritzker, and some of the reasons that he was very interested in successes going on in the Heights. I thought it was interesting uh, the way you said that there was a sort of laser focus on some successes you've had that are are pretty um, unprecedented uh, throughout a lot of the state or a lot of the country. Uh, That coming up in a bit, uh, 1470 is the AM, 100.3 is the FM, all over the Internet, WMBDRadio.com and the WMBD Radio app. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. i got the mayor of Peoria Heights in uh, studio, Mayor Phelan. And uh, getting to know you off the air, uh, we're just getting to know each other. A lot of really uh, cool things uh, being discussed. One of the the biggest things I just reacted to as you were talking to me is how much bipartisan work gets done Every day in the Heights uh, with you in charge as the mayor and why you think that's that's something that you guys can accomplish, because just from a macro perspective, looking at the the political landscape pretty much everywhere in the country, there's not a lot of reality of that. There's there's a lot of promise, but there's not a lot of actual execution and success there uh, when you're talking about people on one side or another side of a political aisle coming together for the greater good of a community. Uh, Why are you so good at this? Well, I don't know if I'm, I'm good at it, but I, I try. I try hard, and uh, I spent 20 years on the county board um, in, a, in a partisan election. Now I hold a nonpartisan position, but it, it's my job. My job is to um, help my community in every way that I can, and working with um, whoever that takes to get, get the job done is important. So um, Republicans, Democrats, um, I'm represented um, by both Republicans and Democrats within Peoria Heights, and I just I, I work with everyone to try and accomplish what our goals are. Well, and I was this is kind of how this came up off the air. I was saying it must be nice to run unopposed in an election, especially for a role like mayor. But you uh, corrected me. You told me that you at one point did have opposition, and then that opposition dropped out, and now that opposition has a role in your in your um, administration. What is that role? Yeah, he's my treasurer, and we're, <laughs> we've 
<laughs> we were friends before. We were friends during, and we're friends after. Yeah, um, and actually, even more important, uh, the quartermaster of the VFW in Peoria Heights, who will probably say nice things about you, Eric, is in studio now too. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, pretty good. How are you, Chris? Uh, good. Um, I-, I wanted to say just one other thing in regards to to all of that and sort of the the way that bipartisan work is so successfully getting accomplished. Uh, you said part of this comes from uh, your appreciation for the history in the world of politics and the way politicians back in the day used to operate. I've talked in the show before about how, you know, way back when the founding fathers and others would bicker like crazy and then go out and have a beer together. That's a thing we don't have anymore now. It sounds like everyone is accusing the other side of being a, a racist or a, a somethingist horrible person. It sounds like you also have cultivated those relationships. Is that true? I, I believe I have. Yes. And, um, I think that's that's the the best thing in my life I've been blessed with is friendships and uh, that's and what so I, it doesn't matter and so at the end of the day you could actually be arguing someone in a political space and then you're like yeah let's go have a beer and hang out later well I'd like it to be that way yes yeah, yeah. Uh, why do you think that's so hard for so many others to accomplish you know I don't know but I, uh, you know at my age and my generation I grew up um, when we talked politics and religion at the dinner table every night and that was expected and uh-huh. um, didn't always agree with my parents <laughs> my mom and dad didn't always agree <laughs> they so. didn't throw you out of the house. Uh, no. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like today we do that. Not for, uh, not for politics. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Eric, quartermaster of the VFW in Peoria Heights, uh, you're actually the reason that uh, I connected with the mayor and I'm having this conversation. Uh, one of the bigger focuses, and actually I'm even getting texts from some of our listeners uh, who are vets, uh, is how much the Heights does to support veterans. Do you want to talk a little bit about I don't need to make the mayor talk about it. Do you want to talk a little bit about what he does yeah, sure. in that world? There, uh, I've been in a relationship with the mayor here for the last couple of years, and it's been wonderful. Uh, when we need some help or whatever, we would go and talk to him, and he's always there to support us, you know, representing the community as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt it was very important important, important to invite him down to, to the gravestone cleaning. Yeah. Uh, I know his schedule's always tight, and I always bug him with a lot of different things. <laughs> but I want to include him as much as I can so he can see what we're doing mm-hmm. because, you know, people are going to ask him, what, what are they doing with vets? Now he's got all that information at his fingertips. Yeah, why? And he's experienced it as well. So. Why is that an important thing uh, for you? Um, I know that a lot of people, a lot of politicians especially, talk about the value of our veterans. But yet again, I feel like sometimes the the actions are lesser than the words. Uh, why is it important for you to have both? Well, as I said earlier, um, I just think it's so important to honor people who have risked their lives and and um, gone out of the country to to serve the country, to protect the country. Um, and we're fortunate in Peoria Heights uh, to have an American Legion, the General Downing American Legion, the Navy Marine Club, the VFW. The VFW, What's, the best of the three. I, I don't um, know if you said. I don't, have a, I don't have a favorite. Uh, sure, I like. Children. But I, I do That's love fine. the VFW. You know what's right. ironic about that is that. Here is a group of people that have served, and we should be serving them. But I'm going to tell you, they do more from the community for the community than um, we could we ever give back to them. And we want to give back to them, but they just do so much and contribute so much, not only of service hours, but of money too. So yeah, no, actually, uh, Eric, if you want to talk about that a little bit more, uh, as we have the mayor of the Heights sitting in here too, um, uh, the amount of philanthropic stuff that the VFW does is shocking to me. Uh, I don't know where that comes from, other than uh, veterans desire to to give back to to serve their community uh, but why do you think that there's so much going on is is the heights an aspect of it your location as to why you're so capable yeah the heights uh, community is very very um giving to us um and we are very blessed to have those people that that patronize our our business because mm-hmm. um, that's part of that does help what we come up with our funding to do 
some of our fundraising to, to do things that we do. Yeah. Because um, we don't always, you know, we have different things we do. We'll do fundraising like uh, we'll sell baskets or raffles. And, mm-hmm. and, our, and our bartenders will sometimes harass the customers for money. <laughs> Uh, for our toy drives, things Nicely like done. that. That's good. Yep. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's going to benefit the community. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to benefit veterans, um, especially. Um, it's, it's another outlet for veterans as well. Yeah. If you think about it, um, it gives them an opportunity to, to serve back. It gets them their minds, you know, off of some of the things that they uh, struggle with. Yeah. Uh, they also can bond with a couple other guys and and do things together. So. It's a win-win-win situation for everybody all, all along. And the mayor gets involved in a lot of these things? When we get involved, yeah. We, like, uh, the, like the bikini car wash? Is that something we're going to uh, see you we've at? We've been working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bikini. <laughs> well, we'll okay. make you one. <laughs> so, there we go. Um, uh, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Mayor Phelan. Um, I remember a story, I think this is just a, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, about how effective you were and uh, the Heights was in gaining funding, I think, to make some uh, road repair um, and other parts of our, our surrounding area were struggling. Uh, what happened there? Why, why were you so good at doing something that obviously every mayor in every town across the country uh, needs to be better at? Um, what was the reason for that success? Well, thanks for the compliment, but let me slightly correct you. Okay. Um, any, anything that gets accomplished in Peoria Heights is because of the team. It's because of our residents. It's because of our business owners. But I've got a great team of people, and I've got a great team of people I serve with on the village board. But um, th- most recently, um, Congressman LaHood was in, in Peoria Heights mm-hmm. to announce uh, the first phase of funding for improvements to Prospect Road. And that that started because we just have a relationship with uh, Congressman LaHood, and uh, his chief of staff called up one day and said, uh, look, we think we're going to have some money. Uh, we've already made them aware of projects that we were interested yeah. in, shovel-ready projects. And one thing led to another. The bill got passed. The funding was in place invited Congressman LaHood over to make that announcement because it, it, sure. it, it you know it, it was him bringing it to us so yeah. uh, uh, he didn't ask to come and make the announcement but we invited him because we wanted to give him uh, the respect and notoriety for bringing that to us so is another part of the reason what you just said shovel ready projects are you better at mobilizing than maybe some other communities might be I'm not trying to have you trash other communities no. but are you very good at, at hearing about the ability for something and getting to the point where you can actually uh, do it well. We're competitive, and I'm not a I'm not a person who believes in doing studies to leave them on a shelf. So we had a comprehensive <laughs> plan done. Nice. We it's had good. a comprehensive plan done, which was a deep dive into the community, a whole lot of uh, community engagement that took nearly a year, a whole lot of public meetings that culminated in mm-hmm. 100 people being at the high school. The village board adopted that plan. From that plan, they adopted a street strategic plan with measurable goals and objectives, yeah. and we're pretty laser focused on that plan. And um, so, yes. Um, we were able to say to you know we've got things ready to go. Here's you know right. we've got the we're, need. We're just we're just waiting for the cash. Everything exactly. else is going to happen yeah. in lightning speed. Um, one other question for you, and this is something we were talking about off the air. Uh, you said you had a valuable conversation uh, with Governor Pritzker. Uh, it was just you and him. You went to thirty thirty coffee in the Heights. Uh, I have not said a lot of very complimentary things about Pritzker. I'll put that out there in front. <laughs> um, I disagree with a lot of the decision making that's gone on there. Uh, but as you said a moment ago, to be effective in the roles that we put politicians in, like our mayors, you're going to have to work with everybody. You're going to have to find a a solution. Uh, Why was it so important for Pritzker, uh, for our governor, to have a conversation with you? What was he after uh, learning about? Well, the governor was in town uh, to talk about homelessness, and um, he had a press conference, which was well attended. 
After that press conference, he invited myself, Mayor Ali, Mayor Dillon from West Peoria, to go get a coffee. Originally, we were going to get lunch, but his schedule didn't permit it. But the coffee ended up working better, so we went up to 30-30 coffee, very relaxed, casual um, environment. And he uh, he got me aside and was just asked about how things are going in Peoria Heights. And I could have talked for half an hour. I think I talked <laughs> for a good five minutes to give him an overview sure. of what's going on in the Heights. But um, what he was really most interested in is that, we had um, lowered the property tax levy in Peoria Heights the last two years, so um, and that we had paid down a lot of pension debt. And he was very interested in that because he said to me that, you know, sometimes Illinois gets labeled as a high-tax state, but if you take property taxes out of the equation, then we're very competitive. So he's, he's interested in property taxes and, and, and keeping them lower in Illinois. So Yeah, what does that feel like for you, um, running uh, the Heights and being asked by the guy in charge of the whole state? Like, hey, man, you're doing way better than I am at this stuff. I'm sure that's not the way he said it, probably the way he should have said it. But how does that feel like to be highlighted in that way and to talk about something that not a lot of communities, not a lot of uh, places in the area are getting done. Well, I'm a low tax person, but uh, we can only control what we can control. Sure. So as you, you just people just got their tax bills. If you look at those tax bills, there's a whole lot of taxing bodies that you're paying your taxes to and yeah. you know we can't control the other taxing bodies if they don't lower their levy, but sure. we can control it for the village. Uh, actually, one other question, a selfish question to me. Why are it, are gas prices cheaper in the Heights sometimes? I will drive six blocks from where I live to the uh, place in the Heights, and sometimes gas prices are way lower. Why? What's going on? Why, why is that happening? I'm impressed with that, too. <laughs> uh, that's a question you have to ask. Okay, the, ask the places. I, I can't answer that. I got you. I, I saw it. It happened multiple <laughs> times, and my wife would be like, no, don't go here. Go six more blocks into the Heights. Well, we um, need motor fuel tax, so thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, Eric, uh, what else did you want to talk about in the world of some stuff coming up at the uh, VFW in Peoria Heights? I know I want to keep highlighting this stuff because sure. uh, it's kind of important. Go ahead. Yep, every second and uh, fourth uh, Friday we're going to have karaoke down at the uh, at the VFW for a little bit of friendly entertainment. Nice. Ace your events. Uh, we have a, uh outing coming up on the 17th, which mm-hmm. we'll be talking about that later. Um, it's going to be a ride for kids here in Peoria. Nice. Uh, so we got things like that going. We got uh, we've got the dates now for the beer can golf and the bikini car wash. What are the beer can golf dates? Um, I don't have it in front of okay, me. Okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a break. We'll figure it out in a second. And sure, then you got sure. the bikini car wash. And then anything else? Uh, just making your bikini for the wash. There right? we go. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I usually end, uh, especially conversations I have with politicians on the show, with an admittedly bad idea. And so I'm, I'm pitching it that way to start. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to be a part of the bikini car wash, could we get a dunk tank? I know we have a little I tank at that. the VFW. Would you? Uh, I think I'd raise a lot of money because <laughs> people probably would like to throw sure. some baseballs at me. I, every politician. I don't even think there's anything to judge. But so he said, yes, we can do a dunk tank with hey, the mayor. At we the have a dunk bikini tank car we're wash. working on. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Uh, I promise not to throw any baseballs myself. Uh, Quick break. A lot more. Thank you both for being here. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Still hanging out with the mayor of Peoria Heights and with uh, Eric, the quartermaster at the VFW. Uh, Eric, I wanted to ask you something about a topic we were talking about. And actually, it's kind of cool. During the break, I listened to you and and Mayor uh, Phelan talk about a way that you might be able to even highlight things more, uh, which was cool uh, to watch that happen. Um, but uh, quick, for anyone that didn't hear our conversation the other week, uh, last Friday, uh, you had a young man show up at the VFW on Memorial Day. 
and his goal was to do something for veterans and also to learn a little bit more about military service because he had uh, interest potentially in, in going that way uh, in following that career. And it was really cool. Uh, and now the VFW is trying to think of other ways to connect veterans and the youth in our society. Uh, a lot of uh, the youth, I think, might need some veteran advice and some things <laughs> or some uh, influence on or the way in which <laughs> whatever it might be uh, but in the way in which we behave um but so uh, what is that new idea that you the new idea is was uh, with william uh i got a, i got an idea the other day i was just sitting there driving to work i had a quite a bit of a drive and i got, got thinking these teens don't have much to do back mm-hmm. when we were younger we had we would cruise main street we had the arcades they had all different outlets to go and hang out with our friends so in my infinite wisdom, I call, I texted William and said, hey, what do you think about leading up and being maybe like a team group that just sure. hangs out at the VFW? I said, we'll do different things. We can do, you know, do board games in the back. You guys can meet up, do all kinds of fun stuff. If you want to meet veterans, we can do that. Mm-hmm. We can teach a little bit of history. Maybe even take a field trip down to Springfield and look at all the war memorials and have the guys from those events come down and talk about what yeah. it means to them. Um, things like that. And then, again, provide a place for these teens to go that they can feel safe, uh, that their parents wouldn't mind them hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be an outlet to talk to people other than their parents because some people aren't comfortable sure. talking about their problems. So this would be a good way of getting some uh, some adult advice from outside their arena of family. Yeah. Um, again, in a safe place. So well, uh, that's um, what we're thinking. Uh, one thing that dawns on me, and it's something I have a lot of military in my family. I did not uh, serve in the military myself, but I remember, especially my grandmother uh, would say about her sons before they enrolled in the Marines, her sons were not the men that came back after the Marines in a good way. What she meant is not as disciplined, I think. <laughs> is there any uh, value or any um, ability for, say, young people uh, who might be looking for a direction on some of this stuff and maybe don't have the discipline of men who uh, have served and protected in our, our country to, to gain something there, uh, to gain yeah, something there's, more. There's a good possibility there because, you know, a lot of veterans have a lot of things to offer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the veteran doesn't really know what they can offer because they're, they're kind of in a, in a rut. It's like, how can, what more can I do? Sure. It may just take a simple nudging from a, a team to mm-hmm. say, Hey, I might need some help here. I need some help there. And yeah. then, Next thing you go, you got, you know, things are snowballing. I almost right feel like direction. we could do like a one day boot camp in the, um, you know, in the, uh, a parking lot of the VFW and try to see how many kids can make it through one day of boot camp. That might be a fun <laughs> thing to do. No? Depends that... on what version you have, the <laughs> earlier versions or the newer versions. Oh, and what, and what, um, branch of the military? Cause I know you guys joke about each other. It's oh, yeah. much easier yeah. if it's anything other than the Navy, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, the, the Navy's the way to go, but uh-huh. no, every branch is great. No, I know, I know, I know. Every um, piece of the puzzle's there. Right. I wonder how many, young people would actually uh, make it through um, if you try to do like a one-day boot camp. And I'm sure waivers would be important and there's legalities here. Um, one Insurance. Other, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, one other thing, uh, and I, I mentioned it a second ago, but I do want to highlight it, is you guys were just talking off the air in the way in which uh, the Heights could wind up helping to highlight uh, some of the good things done. How important is that, uh, uh, Mayor Phelan, just getting the word out on the, the good things that are done or the people in your community who are shining? Because I think that that's one thing. We, we're very good right now, and especially in the world of politics, at talking about the negative, the bad, like this is going wrong, screwing up over here. Uh, much like in other um, things, it seems harder to highlight the good. How important is that to you? It's very important. Uh, one of the challenges is good people and all the heroes at the VFW 
tend to not want um, accolades or tend to want attention <laughs> uh-huh. drawn to them, but I'm happy to, to bring to it, it to them. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, even if it's the young people in our society that we can uh, kind of uh, put a spotlight on, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Eric, before you go, uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about, anything burning uh, in your brain that's way beyond any of this stuff? Is there something you got? I know you were just at the the uh, um, the Dead & Company concert last night. <laughs> was that awesome? That was an awesome show. <laughs> that was great. Had uh, and good, you, great seats. You rocked a Dead & Company-style outfit uh, while did. you were there? Okay. I did. Yeah, yeah, you even got the surprising. patches, shorts, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to rock and roll. And I thought he was away in business. <laughs> <laughs> he told a lot of us that. Yeah, I know. Um, you're also a race car guy. Uh, any right. any thoughts in the world of race cars? Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be going to Eldora Saturday. I just told uh, by my girlfriend yesterday we're getting tickets. So what is Eldora? Eldora is like the uh, the mecca of dirt track racing nice. in uh, Eldora, uh, actually Rossburg, Ohio. Yeah. So she said we got to leave by nine o'clock in the morning to get there. And okay. So it's good. it's a good trip. And you've uh, you've actually raced cars before too, right? I sure have. All right. Spoon River, Spoon What's River, the Spoon worst River. car like the make of a car that you've ever tried to race? Do you have anything that comes to mind? The reason I'm asking you this is you've seen my 96 Jeep. Can we soup it? Is the there any way to the three-seater? I have a seat that's broken in the front of my car, uh, Mayor. I suppose I, that's my seat then. <laughs> I refuse to fix it. Can I soup it up? Can I race it? What, how, what do you think it would take? Uh, I might take you to the trails for the Jeep trails with that thing. That's going to be I, fun. That's yeah. coming up soon too. Yeah, I would love that if my Jeep was yeah. secretly much faster. I tried to. Um, I shouldn't admit this to you, uh, Mayor. I think this happened in Peoria Heights. I tried to race a um, Camaro the other day at a stoplight. He was revving, I was revving, and we both took off. And then I watched him very fast go way far away. <laughs> for me and i just kept thinking to myself how cool would it be if i could have dusted him you know <laughs> well put, take him in the mud all right cool you yeah, might, have, right you might have to leg yeah. up at that there point you go. or snow or something and i promise it won't happen in the heights uh, mayor <laughs> right. if we do it in the future uh, but that's an idea uh, that's a thing out there well thank you both for hanging out uh, we're out of time on the show um but honestly i, I think uh, we'll probably have more conversations about this about the stuff that's going on and the proper ways uh, to look at some of the good and the ways to work in a bipartisan way in politics 